This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number four, Tony Dorsett. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Jim talks with Hall of Fame running back Tony Dorsett. You know, that's what sports teaches you. You know, it, it teaches you uh, about life as well. You know, the ups and downs, the peaks and the valleys. You're going to have highs and then you're going to have lows. You got to come back from that. You got to put it behind you. Tony shares rarely heard stories from professional athletes on how they overcome challenges, how coaches help them bounce back from mistakes, and how parents can help young athletes focus on learning valuable life lessons from youth sports. Funding for this program has been generously provided by Liberty Mutual. Responsibility. What's your policy? Tony, I want to start off by introducing you to our audience. Tony Dorsett grew up in Pennsylvania and played college football at the University of Pittsburgh, which he led to a national championship in 1976. He also won the Heisman Trophy that year. He was drafted in the first round by the Dallas Cowboys in 1977 and helped the Cowboys win the Super Bowl that year. He ran for 1,007 yards in his rookie season and won Rookie of the Year honors. Tony is the only player in history who has won the Heisman Trophy, won the Super Bowl, won a college national championship, and is a member of the College Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Tony is also a sports parent. His son Anthony played in the NFL from 1996 to 2003, making two Super Bowl appearances of his own. T- Tony recently joined Positive Coaching Alliance National Advisory Board. Tony, thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. So we, we talk about the best coaches being responsible coaches who fill their players' emotional tanks. And you know, we're, we're heavily focused on youth coaches, high school and youth coaches. Um, but I'm wondering, during your time growing up in Pennsylvania, high school, college, or in the NFL, um, who, were, um, who were coaches who were really good at motivating, who were uh, tank fillers, people who uh, got you to play your best? Well, you know, from the time I started playing in high school all the way through, from high school, college, and pro, um, uh, those three coaches, Richard Ross, John Majors was at the University of Pittsburgh, and obviously Tom Landry uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. All three of those gentlemen had different approaches to how they uh, they got their players, uh, I guess, mentally prepared to play the game, and they all did very effective jobs as far as a uh, uh, I was concerned. Uh, you know, it was not these guys were not a, a, a bunch of screaming and yelling and raw raw type of guys, but they just they went about it the, in the business type of approach, and uh, and it kind of I kind of fed off of that. You had uh, you had three pretty good coaches there for most of your career, then. Well, absolutely. You know, uh, when I go back go back to my my high school days, and you know Richard Ross, who was. Um, uh, my high school coach, you know, I, I, when I was a sophomore in high school, I um, I played strictly defense more than anything. And I had, see, I, and mind you, I had I have four older brothers who, who all played uh, ball there at the high school, junior high and high school there before me. And they were all exceptional athletes. And, and come my junior year, 
uh, Coach Ross says, you know, I'm, I'm going to try him at running back like his, his, his older brothers and see how this pans out. And uh, fortunately for me, it worked out extremely well. Um, uh, I was blessed with some of the God-given talents that my older brothers had, and and um, you know, from that point on, it was like it was like a snowball rolling down a hill. You know, it got it got better and better and better as the years went by. You know, we talk about responsible coaches who have two goals. One is preparing their team to win on the scoreboard, and the other is to, to teach life lessons. And I think one aspect of a responsible coach is to, to see the potential people have, and it sounds like Coach Ross uh, uh, was a responsible coach that way. Well, I, absolutely. And, and, and if I can, uh, I'd like to say something about Coach Landry. I'll tell you something about life lessons. Uh, there's a very, there's a lesson that I learned about um, accountability. It was back back I think in my um, first uh, first second year second year here with the Dallas Cowboys. And we were getting ready to play uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, mind you, my parents were coming in town, and I want you to understand that my parents have been my biggest inspiration and motivation as far as my athletic career and my life is concerned. So they were coming down to watch the game. It was a Saturday. They came in on Friday. We had a Saturday morning practice. We had a storm that night. And that night was a storm. Obviously, the, the electricity went off. So when my alarm went off the next day, um, I was late for practice. Matter of fact, I wasn't, just, I wasn't just late for practice. I didn't even go to practice. But mind you, a Saturday morning practice is what we call a dress rehearsal. What you do is you go in on Saturday morning. Like you can bring your, your family or your relatives or your kids to practice with you because all it is is a dress rehearsal. We do a little walkthrough. We watch the film of Friday's practice. Then we do a little walkthrough. Then we, we go home, you know, get ready to go to the hotel that, that night or go home, get dressed, and get ready to, to fly out to, to wherever we may have been playing. This particular weekend we were playing, obviously, at home, and my parents were in town. And that day when I woke up, obviously, by the time when I woke up, there was only about 20 minutes left in practice. So I say by the time excuse me, I drive all the way out there, everybody would be gone. So <coughs> I didn't go. But in the meantime, being the mother, like most mothers are, concerned mother, my mother kept saying, son, you need to do this. Son, you need to do that. You need to call somebody. You need to go out there. You need I'm like, Mom, be careful. That's okay. Don't worry about it. I said, there's been players that have missed a Saturday morning practice and they've started. No big deal. So the next morning I go, I get to I get up and I go to the stadium, Texas Stadium. And there's a note on my locker says, go see Coach Landry. I said, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. So I go back to the coach's office. He asked me what was going on, what happened. I said, Coach, um, I told him the story about, you know, the storm. And I woke up and I said, you know, by the time I would have gotten out of here, you know, everybody would have been gone. So he says to me, he says, uh, he says you're not going to start and you probably won't play. And I said, what? He says, uh you probably won't start. He said, you're not going to start, and you probably won't play. And I'm like, Coach, I have to play. I said, understand. I said, my parents have come here from Pennsylvania. They've been the biggest inspiration, motivation in my life. I said, I have to play. I have to start. He says, you're not going to start, and you probably won't play. And I said, well, Coach, I've seen other, I'm pleading my case. Coach, I've seen other, other players that have missed a Saturday morning practice, and they, they had no problem going out and starting this and, and, and doing this or doing that, you know, playing in the game. He says, well, you know what? He said, there's a difference between those guys and you. He said, those guys called. They showed some concern for their, play, their teammates and their coaches and let us know what was going on. He said, you did not do that. He said, you showed no concern 
for your teammates, or for your coaches. And and when Coach Landry is, is pretty much through he through with a conversation, he says, "Okay, you know what I'm He says, "You're not gonna start, and you're not gonna play, okay?" Which meant in the conversation. And I was I it took all the strength in my body not to stand there and start crying like a little baby, like a little kid, because of the fact I was worried more so. I was worried not only about the fact that. I wasn't going to be starting, but also that my parents have come a long way, have been a big, big inspiration, and motivation in my life to come see me play, and I was not going to be able to get out on that field and play. How can my coaches or my team count on me during the heat of the battle if they can't if they can't count on me just to show up for a pretty much meaningless practice? And from that point on, it really it really taught me what I meant, showed me what I meant to, to my teammates and to my coaches and, and the accountability. And I, I held myself accountable for everything, for meetings, practice, and everything else. And, and even to this day, you know, I, 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 I remember that, 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 that event. Wow. Great story, Tony. You know, you, in addition to all the things we talked about, you were uh, a, um, a sports parent. Your son, Anthony, had a successful football career um, can you talk a little bit about how you functioned as a sports parent when he was growing up to help him get the most out of sports? Well, you know, I, I never tried to force feed my son's sports. You know, I wanted it to be some a natural thing for him. If he's going, if, if something's going to happen, he was going to gradually get into it. Anthony was always talking about doctor, lawyer, scientist, and I'm like, yes, 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 that's good, son. That's good, but you know, being a parent, being a, being a professional athlete, and all that, you know, and I got a boy. Uh, deep down in your heart, you want to see him become an athlete, but you know, I, but I understood the pressures and everything that came along with playing in the in, at the professional level, and I said, you know, I don't know if I want my kid to have to go through all this kind of stuff, so I'm just going to let the, this this something. It's going to happen naturally, and as he got older, you know, he started to wanting to play and. I, one of his one of his cousins and uh, Ty Law, who's played a long time for the for the Patriots and, and, and several different teams in, in the National Football League, would come down every summer, and um, we we all be together. But Ty would always want to go out and work work out with me. And Anthony, he just wasn't into it. And I once I, I looked at Ty and said, man, "Come on, man, get your cousin, man, get your cousin." To, you know, I try to pull him, but I get your cousin to come on and step up with us a little bit. And Anthony just didn't want to do it. But eventually, he got bit by the bug. You know, his peers were all doing it, and um, he got a pretty much a late start, I like to say. He was a late bloomer, but, you know, the fr- fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, as they say. So he was, uh, he was, he was that, he had some God-given talents, some God-given skills, but he was a guy that worked hard. You know, that's one thing that I admired about Anthony. Um, he was a hard, he understood where he was at as far as his peers were concerned, and he worked hard. He became a, not only did he work hard, but he became a student of the game. He 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 would watch. I would come home from practice, and he would have video of of Rod Woodson or or, or Daryl Green or Deion Sanders, some of the top defensive backs in the National Football League at that time. And he would just be studying them. And I really admired that because you know it it takes more than just just uh, athletic skill to be successful it, it you know it takes knowledge it takes you know you, you got it it's, it's, it's as much mentally as it is physically and um you know he was one of those guys that that, that really stepped up to the plate mentally and physically and, and got the job done you know tony one of the um one of the tools that we uh teach youth 
coaches is uh, we call it the elm tree of mastery where elm, elm stands for e for effort l for learning and m for bouncing back from mistakes and you when you were talking about anthony you talked about effort and and how much he learns um, let's talk a little bit about mistakes. Um, you had a lot of 100-plus rushing games, um, but there were games that, that things didn't work so well. How did you bounce back from uh, mistakes or from bad days? You know, that's what sports teaches you. You know, it, it teaches you uh, about life as well. You know, the ups and downs, the peaks and the valleys. You're going to have highs, and then you're going to have lows. you got to come back from that. you got to put it behind you. And, and and that's the thing, you know. And, and if you're a champion, if you're motivated, if if, if you if you want to accomplish something in life, you, you know, you know, the man is going to be judged not so much by what he accomplishes, but how he overcomes the obstacles that is presented in front of him. And and that's the thing. You, you're going to always have these challenges. They're going to always be there. You know, there's there's just no smooth road in sports or in life. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And the thing about it is, you know, you, you can't get too high when you're up, and you can't let yourself get too low when you're down. But the thing is, is try to stay even keeled if you can and understand the fact that there's going to be some highs and there's going to be some lows. The thing you want to have not happen is as many lows as you have highs. And, and you know, and, and fortunately for me, I was, I was able to, to, to have more highs than lows. But, but that, that's all part of it. That's all part of life. You know, when you get low, it makes you it makes you work harder. It makes you concentrate more. It makes you, you know, once you get that feeling, you know what it feels like, and you don't want that feeling to come, to have that feeling again. So you work harder at not letting that that feeling come back. But it's it's going to come back. But once it comes back, you know what you need to do to overcome it. Yeah, I, re- I really like what you said about you're going to have uh, setbacks and and the test of. Uh test of yourself is how you respond to that. That's really a, a great lesson for, uh, for youth athletes and coaches. Um, you, you played in the NFL for, for 11 years, and um, it's got to be probably the most punishing, physically punishing sport. Um, how did you, how did you uh, deal with just the physical pain and, and to be able to perform at such a high level for so long, given the kind of punishment a running back takes? We... We're a young team, uh, my freshman year. And I remember in my freshman year one time, cause, and, and at 155 pounds, mind you, playing major college football, the Notre Dame's and the Penn State's of the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, USC. But anyway, I can remember one game, and I forget who, who, who our opponent was, but I, I, I remember the scenario pretty, pretty, pretty clear. And... It was it was this game and I was I was just getting bam I was getting bam bam wax I mean I was getting hit here hit there I was I was taking some tough licks and I came to the sideline ratting and raving that man these guys need to block man and I'm not going back out there and this and that and I'm not you know and and, and Jackie Sherrill walks up to me and my nickname is Hawk he looks at me. And uh, I had befriended Jackie, and we, we, we were, I was really close with him. And he looked at me in my eyes. He said, Hawk, he said, we need you. You, you got to go back out there. You got to go out there. Coach, I'm not going back out there. Today. You know, I'm just ranting and raving. And they're not blocking it. And I'm tired of getting my little butt just knocked all around on the field. And, um, but he just told me, he said, just keep going. Just stay at it. Keep going. And the thing about it is this. It taught me 
mental toughness. That taught me mental toughness. There's times when you have to become mentally tough. There's times when you have to mentally put things behind you. You know, you may have this little bruise or this little bump or this little ache, you know, uh, uh, while you're out there playing whatever the sport that you're playing. But sometimes you got to be able to put that behind you. You can't let that be the focal point. You got to put that behind you. And I always tell kids, and, I, and it was my in my own my in my own thoughts was my thoughts for when I was playing was that you know I always thought that if I could walk, I'm going to play. I was always trying to be tough, and football players are tough, and we're taught to be tough, and that's the that's the way the game is. You have to be tough, but the thing you have to do be too is smart, and, and, and you know. As long as there's, there's an injury that's not going to, uh, I guess, uh, uh, shorten your career by you, you going back out there, it's going to get worse by you going back out there, uh, then, you know, I, I recommend that, you know, if you, can, if you can put it behind you, put it behind you and be tough and go out there and play. But if it's something that may, may be uh, uh, like your knees or something, if you get another hit and there's, it's liable to end your career, then I say, no, be smart, don't do it. And I'll never forget one time John Major's, um, I had coached because you know I was it was early in my career as a freshman and, and you know I was I was beat up man I was only 155 pounds and and I never forget what Coach Major said and I tell my daughters today when they when they're playing when they're playing sports right now you know nobody knows this Johnny Major told me nobody knows how you feel but you the doctors don't really know the trainers don't really know you know it's you the one that had that feeling he said and if you feel that you can't go, then don't go. Do not put yourself in jeopardy. And that's and I'll never forget that. And I always respected that man. I respect. I always respected him, but I got a great deal more respect for him because he was an expert back himself at the University of Tennessee when he was in college. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about uh, responsible coaches who have these two goals. One is you're trying to win on the scoreboard, and the other is to to teach life lessons. And it seemed to me Coach Majors um, was not a win-at-all-cost coach. He was saying, you know, you need to take care of yourself. He used to always tell us, and I always tell my kids and, and, and other people's kids and wherever I talk to young youth, and, it, and, it's so, and even, even adults, little things make big things happen. Little things make big things happen. I don't care if it's in a relationship, if it's if, uh, the, if it's in, if it's a, Father, uh, the parents, children relationship. I mean, you think about it. And I always tell my girls, I say, dude, little things will make big things happen. And that's it. whether it's relationships, business, athletics, it's the little things. I mean, I used to always, I played in the National Football League for 12 years. Well, actually, I get credit for 13. I tore my knee up in my, in my uh, 13th training camp. But every year that I would go into training camp, I would practice stance and start. Now, I, mind you, I could do my stance and my start with my eyes closed, but I would always get down, and I was just, first thing I do when I'm in training camp that first week, and I'm, I'm watching my feet, making sure my feet are, are, are the same, same weight if I'm going to the right, the position in the same, same position if I'm going right, left, or straight ahead. You know why? Because I, understand, I understood that those linebackers, those defensive players, they study film, and they try to pick up on any little thing that they can that, that you may be doing that's going to let them know which direction you're going so they can meet you, <laughs> and they meet you with, with authority in that hole. And so I would always do, I would always do those little things like that. It's the, and I would always, you know, 
study my plays and visualize. Visualization is is really key too as well. You know, visualize. I would go. I would visualize my whole my whole offensive game plan. I'd be in the locker room or going to the stadium, and I would visualize the play as if it did not work as it was drawn up, and what my reaction would be. And it's so amazing what you can pull back. The mind is is is, is an incredible organ. You're talking about for recall because in football a lot of things happen in nanoseconds. You got to be you got to get in the hole, get get to the hole, get through the hole, and everything else. And if it, and if it's not if it's not like it if it's not happening like it was drawn up, you know. And I would just just think about my reaction and what it would be. And it's so so amazing how much the recall. Now some of the things are instinctive. But the recall that you can get just by visualizing what your reaction would be if something didn't go the way it was planned on going is is truly amazing. Truly amazing. Wow, that's I can see how that could really help you. Let, let me let me ask you again about uh, being a sports parent. We we talk about responsible sports parents honoring the game, and we talk about the roots of honoring the game: respect for the rules, for your opponents, the officials, respect for your teammates, and respect for yourself. Uh, when Anthony was playing, did you ever see parents on the sideline who were not honoring the game? Absolutely. I've seen a lot of parents, and, and well, I, I've seen a lot of parents just get beside themselves. They get loud. Uh, they're thinking their child should this, their child, child should be used this way or that way. Um, and, and 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 I just don't think that that's the that's the, the proper approach. I, I think it sends a bad vibe, a negative vibe that's uh, eventually to your child. Uh, you, you you know if you have a problem as a parent with the way your child is being treated on on or off the field, then maybe you need to to address that behind closed doors. Um, I just don't think that, that there's a time and place for everything. And as a parent, you know you want to be there. I'm so supportive of my kids. I'm, I'm supportive of them. Go, baby, go, 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 go. Do this, do that. You know, and it's, it, it, you know, I have a six-year-old who's a soccer player, and just, just, it was just a cute little story. You know, just, she was coming down and she was getting ready to try to score a goal, and she said, "Daddy, if that goalie just get out, would get out of my way, I can score a goal. I can score." I just started that. I said, "Yeah, baby." You're right. If that goal got out of the way, I'm sure you can score a lot of goals. But the thing is, I'm always trying to be encouraging to them on the field. I'm not. I'm not trying to. Even if they make a mistake, I'm not going to be screaming. What are you doing? I don't want to break my child's spirit. I don't want to break a child's spirit. I mean, a child's spirit can be broken by coaches, by parents, by you know, just being a little bit over, uh, being a, uh, aggressive, abrasive, um, pushy. Um, I, I just think, you know, you just let the kid do. I mean, they'll learn. Eventually they'll learn. And, and if it's meant for them, they'll know if it's meant for them or not. And and, and I just don't think, you know, you, you need to put so much pressure on them to to be successful. you got to be the best. I do, I do believe that if a child starts something, they need to finish it. And sometimes, and, and under, under most circumstances, uh, but... Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my take on 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 parents and coaches and, and how they should you know uh, treat their kids um, uh, while they're out there on the field because you know at at a young age it's not all about winning all the time and and I like to see coaches or parents to understand the fact that we're learning teamwork 
we're, you know, we're learning the rules of the game. We're learning techniques. It's not all about winning. Yeah, sure. Well, why do you play the game, people? Well, why do they play the game? Yeah, somebody's going to win or lose. And sure, you like to be the winner all the time. But winning is, 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 is not the ultimate all the time. It's not the ultimate. You're trying to teach these kids, uh, uh, teach them, you know, technique. You're trying to teach them how to work with, with one another. You're trying to, you know, and, 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 and so, Jill, so, so I, just, I just feel that, you know, you can break a, kid, a child's spirit by putting too much pressure on them, by screaming and yelling at them. I just, I mean, sure, you want to correct what they do, and, you know, but you guys, there's, a, there's a way to do that, especially when, they, when, they're, when they're young kids. You know, Tony, I like what you said about really encouraging your daughter. And you know, we talked before about the emotional tank that kids have. It's like the gas tank in a car. And if your car's gas tank is empty, you're not going to drive very far. If your kid's emotional tank is empty, she's not going to play very well. So really, we, we stress that with parents and with coaches. Fill kids' emotional tanks and they'll perform better. And it seems like that's what you're talking about with your daughter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You encourage them uh, and you'll, you'll get better results from them. But when you're always on them and they become, you, you know, it's, it's even, I don't care what age, but if you get so much pressure on you, man, you're always thinking about if I, if I make a mistake, what's going to happen? And so they're not out having fun. They're not, it's not becoming, they're thinking so much or, or they're not reacting. It's not just not second nature to them. And so, you know, you break the spirit. And when you break the spirit, you tear, you, you tear them down. Yeah, that's great. Let me talk. Uh, ask you to talk a little bit about elite athletes as role models. Um, I think it's been almost 20 years that you've been hosting the the Tony Dorsett Celebrity Golf Classic for McGuire Memorial. Um, and my understanding is McGuire Memorial serves adults with physical and mental disabilities, including autism. Can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with McGuire Memorial and why you want to support it? Well, it, it's it's not it's not. A, I mean, we have adults, but it's it's mainly uh, children. Um, you know, I, and I got involved with this. Um, it was a vision of a, of a of a friend of mine. Um, long story short, uh, he took me on a trip several about seventeen, eighteen years ago, uh, and said, I, "I want to take you somewhere." And we ended up on the property of McGuire Home. And and I'm seeing these kids out because the, the the nurses and all had the kids all out. It was a nice nice summer day out, and they were just wheeling them around in their wheelchairs. And I'm like, Danny, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. I said this really bothers me, man. I I can't I can't see children like this. I don't want it. So anyway, he convinced me to take a tour of the home. After the tour of the home, he says, man, this is what I want to do. I, I want to try to help raise money for this for this home. And I said, Danny, I said. I tell you what, I do this under two circumstances. I said, first of all, it's going to be first class. Second of all, it's going to be long term. I'm not going to be here today and gone tomorrow. If you visit that home, it, it touches you. It, it touches. It, and I always tell my sponsors, if you want to understand my passion, take a trip. Go to the home and see. But the thing is, is I'm just glad that I've, I've been able to be a part of the, of helping these kids. Uh, Get better facilities, uh, get get better physicians, better care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just glad I've been a part of it. That's wonderful. You know, there's an old saying that to, from whom much is given, much is expected, and it's really great to see someone who's had the kind of career you've had and your high profile using that to to really benefit uh, a charity like McGuire Memorial. That's fantastic. 
What well, one last qu- question, Tony? Um, with Positive Coaching Alliance, works with high school and youth sports, and and a lot of athletes at the high school or younger age are wary of approaching their coaches to ask questions or get feedback. What advice do you have for high school or youth athletes? Well, l- let me tell you something. See, I was a pretty introverted young man when I was a kid growing up. And I'll tell you what, um, and I've learned over the years that communication is, 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 is very key in a lot of aspects of life, especially in sports. Being able to talk to your coach and not being intimidated. You see, coach is in that authoritative position. A lot of times people in authoritative positions, we, we get somewhat intimidated by but the thing about it, those people that are in those positions are wanting to hear from you. They're, they're wanting to know what your thoughts are. You know, as long as you're not, you're not coming at them in a negative way or if they try to tell you something you did and they tell you how to do something, you ask them, well, why? Why do I have to do it this way? Because they know what's right for you. And they're on your team. Understand, they're on your team. They're on your side. They want to make you the best that you can be, the best that you can become. But the thing is, is don't be afraid. It, because if you don't talk to them, a lot of times they don't know. They don't know. They got so many other things that they're doing, so many other people that they're having to deal with. And yet, granted, every coach should know the psyche of all of his players and what makes him go, what makes him not, what you know, this player, that player. But being able to sit down and talk to your coaches, I mean, and, and you'd be surprised. They like it. They like it. They like communicating with their players. They like getting in that closeness to you because it's that bond. Then you you, you gain that bond. You you gain that trust, and that means he he's trusting in you, and you are trusting in him. And you know you you create a great relationship, and the, the chemistry and, and everything not only just from you, from player coach, but from 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 the team aspect and and, and everything. It's just it's just a great thing to have a communication. Tony, uh, this has been great. I want to thank you for taking the time today to share with me and our responsible sports listeners your thoughts both as an athlete and a parent. Um, These insights are going to help a lot of parents and coaches out there who are going to hear this. And also want to really thank you for your support of Positive Coaching Alliance. Well, I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Tony Dorsett episode of Liberty Mutual's Responsible Sports Podcast. To learn more about responsible sports, including downloading valuable tools on how to help your athletes bounce back from mistakes, visit responsiblesports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sports parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music. www.apmmusic.com. <laughs>